0: Welcome to the Reclaim Your Rise podcast. My name is Lauren Bongiorno, nationally board-certified health coach and founder and CEO of Risley Health, where we help people and families impacted by type 1 diabetes take ownership over their lives so that they can transform with more freedom and confidence. Everyone has a different reason to be here. You might be seeking knowledge, support, or community. But at your core, I know that you long for something deeper. You're here for Transformation. And that's what the Reclaim Your Rise podcast is all about. A quick reminder before we start the show that nothing you hear on the Reclaim Your Rise podcast should be a substitute for personalized professional medical advice. Please always consult your physician or other medical professional before making any changes to your diet, insulin dosages, or healthcare plan. If you're someone who is currently feeling exhausted, and terribly frustrated by your diabetes physically and emotionally, and you have a feeling that if you just had better support and a better tool set and roadmaps, that it could be incredibly transformational for your health and your entire life. I'm really excited to share that we are currently open for enrollment for our first Decide and Conquer group coaching cohort of 2024. If you don't know, the DCB is RISE's 12-week signature coaching program for women with type 1 diabetes who are feeling discouraged and isolated and overwhelmed and are craving more confidence and Empowerment in their lives with their numbers and mindset and all of it. We've had over 400 women graduate from this program over the years, and they all were once where you're sitting literally right now on the sidelines listening to me talk about the program or listening to stories of other people change their lives, wondering if that it's possible for themselves to do that too. It might be hard to believe, but this program is already filling up. So if today's episode inspires you to want to make a change for your T1D, don't wait to apply. After you do, wait to receive an email within 48 hours to book a call with Abby or Alyssa from the Risley team. And I hope to see you in the program. And who knows, maybe even one day have you as a podcast guest inspiring others with your transformation. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the show. This is your host, Lauren Bongiorno, and I'm very excited to be sharing with you today my go to strategy for quickly lowering a high blood sugar. And I want to say this tactic works really well when it's a stubborn high blood sugar. You know what I'm talking about? You know when it's like, You're high and you give that first dose of insulin and then it's an hour later and you're like, oh, why haven't I budged? And then you give more insulin and you come down 10 points and you're like, this is really frustrating because you feel tired and irritable and you are hyper-focused maybe on your blood sugars. Everybody responds differently to that. But bottom line is this is going to help in those situations. And I want to tell you a story about how I figured out that this worked because This is not something that I ever learned from the doctors. This is something that I went the majority of my life, not really putting two and two together, or maybe I understood it, but it was like very hard to implement for me because when you have a high blood sugar, you're not not really motivated to, you know, take action or do anything. You just want to like lay down on the couch kind of thing. But all to say, um, I think it was about 2017 or 2018 where I... Shared this, which I'll share with you in a second. Um, I shared this thing and this tactic on social media, and I had no idea like how much it would catch fire in like a really good way. Right? It was something that I just told a story about. I expected people to be like, "Oh, like wow, that's amazing!" Right? And. In the following years, literally up until today, I'll see just posts and videos about this with people and also kids. Like if you are, you're a caregiver listening to this, little kids doing it where it's just such an act of like representation of our ability as T1Ds to take control of our diabetes in situations where we once felt stuck or you feel just like a lot of frustration with your blood sugars. So kind of taking something that feels limiting or feels, um, just, you know, not positive and not that we have to make it positive, but it's just like, no, like there's, we can take action here. There's something we can do about this other than just like rage bolusing and, and stacking our insulin. So that's actually the first thing here that I do want to talk about. So you might've heard this term at some part, some point along your diagnosis where you'll hear that you do not want to stack your insulin. And what stacking your insulin is not is stacking your insulin is not when you eat 15 carbs, you give insulin for it and then 15 minutes later you decide to have, you know, 20 more carbs for of whatever you're eating and then you need to give more insulin. Like that's not bad. That is something that you know, you're giving the insulin for more food. That's not like stacking your insulin and not something you shouldn't be doing. What the term refers to is when your blood sugar is high and you give that first correction dose and then in 20 minutes, you don't see your blood sugar coming down. So you're like, oh, I just, I want to come down. So I'm going to give myself more. And then maybe 20 minutes later, you're still not down. And then you give yourself more and you you know, don't come down and maybe do it once more. And then all of a sudden you have like double arrows down on your CGM and you have like a lot of insulin on board and now you are, you know, trending down very fast. So stacking your insulin or what we like to call rage bolusing is something that, you know, isn't great and kind of contributes to the roller coaster because then you have a lot of insulin on board, which means you're headed down. Ultimately, you're going to end up having to probably like treat that low. And then sometimes when we're low, we over treat that and we're going high and we're going low and we're doing all the things. So this is a way to also help avoid that situation. So I'll tell you a story first of how Ultimately, we got to this place of having this strategy in our back pockets at all times. I actually just did this two days ago. um I hadn't done it in a couple of weeks, and I did it two days ago I'm like, oh, still at it so a couple of years ago, I was i think speaking at a diabetes conference and it was i want to say it was in California or maybe it was San Antonio, Texas, but I'm in New York, so it was some- somewhere that was like far enough for me to be like not wanting to sit on the plane you know with a high blood sugar. I remember it being like a 5 or like a 4 or 5 hour trip. And I remember getting on the plane, my blood sugar was about 190 and I'm sitting down and I was planning on doing work. And for me, I just over 170, like 160, that's when my brain just like I lose my focus. I'm just like not sharp. I'd rather just sit on a plane and like watch a movie and do something passive because my brain isn't just as like on it as if it was like a little bit lower. Um, And plus, I you know, a five-hour flight, I'm like, I'm going to eat as well. So like I need to get this blood sugar down. So I'm 190. I end up giving a correction. An hour later, I'm like 200. And I'm like, This is annoying. So I give myself, um, I think like a little bit more insulin, but was very wary of like not wanting to like insulin stack or rage bolus because I've done that in the past. And I'm like, we don't want to end up like on the plane with, you know, so much insulin on board and then coming down and needing to cause a scene. Like just, we're not going to do that. So I am sitting there and I'm thinking, I'm like, you know what I wish I can do? I wish I could just like have access to like a treadmill right now because I know that with the insulin on board, just like too many corrections, if I were to be able to work out, my blood sugar would just like come down so much faster. But now because I'm sitting on a plane, my insulin resistance is higher because I'm not having any movement with my body. So my muscles aren't like contracting and expanding. And there's a good chance that if I eat on top of a 190, 200, I'm going to end up at like 220, 230, 240 higher, and then it's going to be even more insulin resistant, and I'm going to be fighting that, you know, downhill battle. So I have this genius idea, and I'm like, you know what, like, would this be crazy if I went into the bathroom and started working out? Now, I don't know if you know this about me, but I do not fly on private jets with very big bathrooms. We're talking, I mean, obviously, guys, I'm joking, but you know the size of a an airplane bathroom, right? Like it is small. There is no space for lunges, burpees, anything like that. So, I go in there and I remember like looking at myself in the mirror and I'm like, "All right, like what can we do in this space?" And I'm like, "You know what? Let's just do some body squats and get these quads quadding." So, I start doing some body squats. I do about like 50 of them, just up and down, up and down, up and down. Maybe took, I don't know, 2 2 minutes if that. And I'm like, "All right, like I feel like I just worked my glutes. I feel like I just worked my quads. And bonus, because those are the biggest muscles in your body, and if the biggest muscles of your body are contracting and expanding, that is increasing your insulin sensitivity. Plus, bonus, I had my pump site on my leg in that direct muscle group, which was huge. And I come back out. I sit down, and within 10 minutes, we saw straight arrow down. Boom. We're coming down. And I'm like, damn, I was like, oh, I love that. Like, I love this for me. And I remember just feeling like, wow, like I, you know, did something. I was proactive with this. It didn't take a lot of effort. It was like 50 body weight squats. It was, you know, just doable. I didn't need any machinery. I didn't even need a lot of space. I just needed myself and the will to do that. So I end up going to the conference and sometimes you know I have my my talks prepped out but sometimes I leave the intro a little bit you know open for anything that happens recently I have a backup intro but anything that happens recently that I can kind of like put in there so I begin to tell this story and sure enough in like the days after that people started tagging me on social media and I think I had to refer to them as sugar squats I'm like yeah I started just doing these like sugar squats and people started tagging me doing sugar squats in bathrooms of restaurants in you know their home in their kitchen a bunch of kids that had type one or I think like maybe like one kid and then their siblings there was somebody on a on like a catamaran on a on like a boat literally like we you know the whole net thing like they were doing sugar squats on there and it just kind of of like spiraled a little bit in like a really positive way and sugar squats were born and it was yes like my story on the airplane but more so the entire community being like hey like this is something that is really easy to integrate in and that I can do and people see results with them and when you see results from doing something you see you, you it makes you want to do it more so i will say that we have had a few people who are against the sugar squats and don't love the sugar squats because they don't understand the sugar squats. And of course, if you don't understand the sugar squats, you're not going to, you know, be one to celebrate it. and But I will say the reasoning from certain people that I've heard don't like the sugar squats. So basically people who are in that camp will say like, you know, do you you what 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 is it even i'm even trying to think i haven't thought about this in so long oh it's like you know you should just give you shouldn't be afraid to take more insulin like you, you don't have to replace exercise with taking insulin that's like a negative thing to put out there in the diabetes community and i want to clear that up that i am not saying do not take insulin what i'm saying is give yourself the insulin that you need for that correction and then optimize it right move your body to optimize your, your, that insulin, get your body able to use it more effectively to bring your blood sugar down faster. So want to clear that up as well, that like, we don't have to hate on the sugar squats, poor sugar squats. They need a PR person for people who think that that's what it is because it's not right. It's just a way to kind of like hack your body in a little, in a, in a, in a little way that goes a long way. So I will say that like, you know, sometimes I, I, it will be, you know, in situations where like you can't exactly sugar squat, but I have been somebody who always, you know, there, there's like access to bathrooms all the time. And just the other day I was in, um, we work in the city and I just popped into the bathroom and I started doing some squats and the same thing happened, right? My blood sugar started coming down in like the 10 minutes after. And it worked and i was just like oh i haven't done this in a while but like i'm encouraged to record a podcast episode about this and share this for anybody new who's following me because you know it's something you could add to your toolbox with that being said there was a point that i made earlier that i want to expand on which is whatever body part you are working out if you have your insulin, whether it's an injection or whether it is a pump site in that area, your insulin sensitivity is even going to be like boosted like even more. So if I had my pump on my arm, like yes, maybe still with my glutes and my quads and my hamstrings working, it would impact it because I don't always have it on my on my leg when I'm you know doing sugar squats, but it like really, really works if their insulin is there. In the same way, if I go to the gym and I'm doing like an arm day, if I'm doing push-ups or triceps, working chest, working back, those types of areas. And let's say I come home and for whatever reason my blood sugar was high, if I, which I sometimes do, if even though I'm on a pump, I sometimes will give a I will give a shot like an, an injection if I am really high and need to come down. But if I just worked out arms that day, like I would choose to give the injection in my arms versus my legs or my stomach because I know that those muscles have been worked recently. And it doesn't even have to be like five minutes ago; recent, it could be like that day or even like the day before. And I know that my blood sugar is going to respond, or my my the blood in my the sugar in my blood is going to respond faster to the insulin if it's given in that area. So that's just a little extra bonus tip that you're getting here as well. I know I might have I might have some of you ask questions, follow-up questions on MDI and how I integrate that with a pump, especially a pump that is has an algorithm that is based off of like how much insulin is in your body and your blood sugars and automating that, but maybe that's A topic for another time. So we're gonna stick with this short episode on sugar squats. What I want to encourage you to do is to go out in the wild this week. And your homework assignment is if you have a high blood sugar, give a correction with insulin and then go ahead. If you're not coming down, instead of going to that rage bolus, go ahead and move your body in some way. But if you don't have access to a gym or a big hill to walk around the block, or you know, you're just whatever it is. If you're laying on the couch at nighttime watching TV, just get up and if you can set your timer for like two to three minutes and just start squatting it out, just up and down, up and down, up and down air squats, and then see what happens, right? Track it maybe not gonna happen like right away, but should happen in like the next like 10 to 15 minutes and see. And the more you do, the more you're gonna come down, but There's science that backs this. There's also uh, lots of people, I think hundreds of people at this point have done sugar squats. Tag me on Instagram if you take a cute video of you doing them. It's also a great educational opportunity as well where if you post on Instagram and you're doing these sugar squats, even if you just have like, you know, your family and friends following you, you can even kind of explain there like exercise lowers my blood sugar. So doing these squats just is an opportunity to like open up the conversation and open up the DMS for people to learn more about your life with diabetes. So that is what I'll say there. I will end on that note. I hope this was a great bite size episode. Let me know if you like one-off kind of tips like this, or if you like longer formatted things sometimes I just know that you guys can't listen to me for a full hour. And so I want to try doing some of these like very specific niche topic episodes for you to, yeah, just get your motivation up for the day and add a tool to your toolbox. All right. Have a great day wherever you are. Thank you for listening and I'll see you next week. See you later, guys. Thank you so much for being here with me today and listening to this episode of Reclaim Your Rise. To let us know that the episodes we're putting out are impactful and to help us get our street cred up and let everyone else know that this is something worthy of their time to listen to, please leave a rating and review on our Apple podcast, send the show to other people impacted by T1D or maybe even your doctor, and share it on social media tagging at Risely Health and at Lauren underscore Bongiorno. New episodes of Reclaim Your Rise come out every single Tuesday, so make sure you are subscribed to the podcast so that you never miss a beat. Thanks again for listening, and as always, remember, diabetes is a challenge that we did not choose, but one that we can rise above.